0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Pick and Play show. We got Zell, we got Leo, we got playoffs. Titans are in, Ravens, Jets, not so much. We're going to break down which teams got the bleakest outlook going into the offseason, which is really going to focus on teams that defied their head coach. Briefly touch on the biggest disappointment because we have an update to our list. We're going to jump into the trades that happened and have they panned out for the teams that made them to get quarterbacks. And then... We're going to break down the wild card and give you nothing but fucking winners. Leo, take us in.
1: Yeah. My
2: mind staked for like the crime in the summertime. Higher than average, lot of cabbage. Thank God I never abide by the established guidelines that keep niggas inside of fabrics. Commissioned by the state, I skate by the masters like you with a new-new ride and passenger. Shout out Oak Cliff, I'm about to fly to Dallas. Decade from now, I might just buy the Mavericks.
0: Alright, let's start at the top. Biggest fucking disappointments of the year. I'll update the list. Leo, Zell, we'll start with Leo, move to Zell. If I got anything wrong, here are my three. Chargers and the brainchild of Staley at the top. Cleveland with the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker. And Seattle, maybe a road to nowhere. Those are the three biggest disappointments I have. What do you got? Think that's it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I agree with the list that you put out there. Seattle was the one that I definitely wanted to make sure it was on the list because I I had at least expected them to compete for a wild card slot, and they really didn't at all this season. But like I said last week, I I think that Cleveland deserves to be in that group just because they were coming off a great season. The roster didn't really change that much. I know Baker struggled with some injuries or whatever, but – I think that Cleveland deserves to be with those teams. If Seattle's on there, then Cleveland should be on there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. hundred percent agree. I mean, those three teams all definitely had playoff aspirations. Um, like Leo had said, especially, you know, Seattle and Cleveland coming off the year that they had last year, um, with the jets having the Seahawks first round pick, I appreciate them for being trash this season. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we will gladly take that, um, top 10 pick, but um, the Chargers, man, too, they just have so much talent. And on both sides of the ball, um, they got Derwin James back this year. You would have thought their defense would have been a lot better, um, but they couldn't stop a nosebleed, man. They couldn't stop a runny nose. They couldn't stop anything. And I just think they had way too much talent to miss the playoffs. So um, I think you got it right with those three teams, definitely, though. Chargers, Cleveland Browns, Seattle Seahawks, three most I
1: really didn't expect the, the Chargers to lose. On Sunday Night Football. Like, I, I'm still yeah. kind of reeling from that. I, I cannot believe. I came on here and said that the last quarterback I wanted to see in the playoffs was Derek Carr. Derek Carr, uh, <laughs> Derek Carr told me to shut my bitch ass up and he went out yep. there and got a W and, and I'm still blown by that.
0: Little did you know, the quarterback you didn't want to see in the playoffs was actually Ben Roethlisberger, who uh, they snuck in. So behind him, I would say Ben won car two, but you're right. Um, We had some back and forth on this Chargers-Raiders end of the game and Staley's timeout, and uh, everyone's covered it at length. So we'll take a broader scope of it. Did this guy do anything Right this year, he was scrutinized after every single game for failing or doing something that cost them maybe not necessarily a win, but put them in a position for a loss. Now, I don't think that this timeout really mattered. Um, I think the Raiders were trying to eliminate uh, the Chargers under any circumstance, and and my looking at it is this, if the Tennessee Titans had a chance to put Indy out of the playoffs, are you doing it? Uh, If the New York Jets have a chance to put the New England Patriots out of the playoffs, are you doing it? I think the answer is yes. You put your division rival to bed. So, with that said, Brandon Staley, who came in as the NFL's poster child of "Look at this great defense," he runs. He's young. He's upstart. Look at him go. Zell, did he hurt his team over the course of the year? Can we put almost all this blame on him?
2: The one thing I respected the most about Staley is that he stood behind his decisions hundred percent. You know, yep. he would say like, "I know what smoke's going to come with this, and I don't care." You know, I stand by you know the decisions I make. And, you know, all the analytics people would look at it and say, oh, we hate this guy, this and that. But, you know, you play to win the game. So there were some calls he made where they were in some situations like that Chiefs game. And, you know, he converted some fourth downs and things like that. And if it's successful, it looks like, oh, this guy's a genius. Oh, what a great play call. And, you know, just that cloud, the way they ended the season, though, I, you know, we've saw the reports about it. People have saw the clips, all the videos and things like that. I just think that, you know, in that heat of the moment of the game, from what he said in his presser after was he was he didn't like the run defense they were in, and he wanted to get them set up in a better run defense. And yet, they still gave up, like, 12 yards. To, it, yeah. was, it was a great run. Great run. All credit to Josh Jacobs. But they still gave up more yards. So, I – I don't know. It was his first year as a head coach. You know, I think it's a learning experience for him and hopefully next year, you know, he can make some better decisions when it's a more crucial moment. Um, but I-, I wouldn't put all the blame on him, but a lot of it is at the end of the day because, you know, he's making
1: those decisions. So. All right. I'm going to jump in and put all the blame on him after you just <laughs> refuse to do it because look, the Chargers are the only team in the NFL that had a positive point differential on the year that did not make the playoffs, the playoffs and it's yeah. not because they couldn't score points. They were a top-five scoring offense this year. They tied for the third most points allowed in the NFL with Atlanta this season. Brandon Staley, he got hired, and he was touted as a defensive guru, right? Or am I tripping? He, he was supposed you to be a correct. defensive oh, he, guru? Yeah, he, yeah, yep. he was. Mm-hmm. You tied Atlanta for the third most points allowed. Yes, it's it's on whoever's coaching defense because obviously yeah. the offense is humming. The off, Herbert, Jay Herbo, I'm fucking with Jay Herbo. I think that he's already probably in like the top five, top six quarterbacks in the league in my opinion. Uh, he's insane. this defense gave up the third most points in the league. Like it, you can't get hired and touted as this defensive god, this defensive genius. He's going to revolutionize the way the NFL plays defense. It, no, he's not. No. No. <laughs> Everyone scored on them. And 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 in the the, spot where they needed to stop the most, they didn't get it.
0: No, and the big thing for me is this. As a coach, the number one thing the Chargers weren't able to do from week one to week 18 was stop the run. Teams beat the piss out of them running. And you couldn't figure that out at any point in time and get someone in there. You didn't make any type of trade. You know, there were players you could go get. People off practice squads, you could go sign to try to beef that up and make it work. You didn't. You just didn't, and you had no way to mask it. Your players don't tackle, they don't hold their assignments, and you got beat. You know, one of the big things to me at the end of that Raiders game is, I thought the Raiders were in a passing formation with three wideouts before Staley calls a timeout. The Raiders turn around and go, ah, there are like 38 seconds on the clock. Why don't we just run the ball down their throat? If they stop us, we kneel the ball out, game, you know what I mean? We let this go, mm -hmm. we both win. But, If we get the first down, we take the field goal and try to beat him as clock expires, which they did. And and Staley flipped his team to stop the run, and Jacobs got like nine yards. I mean, your season came down to the same thing it did all year. Here is how they ended the year. They gave up 34 points in overtime against the Chiefs. They gave up 41 points to Houston. And they gave up 35 points to the Raiders. They gave up over 110 points in three games. Staley 100% cost his team wins. They played too conservative on early on. How many times did Herbert have to stage an insane comeback? Or to get on his horse and ride. He did it this game. He's done it before. Those t- this team looked tattered. I don't think he puts his team in the best position to win. I don't think that he offered. I don't think he, the Chargers that started the year on week one versus the Washington football team, there was no difference in that team than week 18. Their strengths were their strengths, their weaknesses were their weakness, and they made no ground in between. And when I look at that, I look at the head coach. Vrabel, John Harbaugh, these are people that dealt with a ton of injuries, Came through it, put up, won a lot of games. Rabel's the one seed. And you dealt with a multitude of people coming in and out of your doors. You're supposed to be the head coach. Stop acting like you can just make one, two decisions a game, and that defines you. People ran the ball on you from September 12th until January 9th. And you didn't stop him in between. I think this all rests on him, especially with a quarterback like Herbert. How the fuck do you let Derek Carr go in over you? How does that happen?
2: Yeah, so I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After y'all put it that way, y'all right. I was trying to be the nice guy, shirt coat a little bit, first year coach, all uh, that. But not nah, y'all are hundred percent right. He, he
0: he started out really well. And then his teams figured him out. He didn't figure them out. Right. The Ravens beat them 34-6 to six before their bye week. They came out of the bye week, got beat by New England. They were never the same team. They, 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 and what I mean is everyone adjusted to them, and they couldn't adjust. Um, all right, so those are the three biggest disappointments, Chargers, Cleveland, Seattle. And honestly, Cleveland's situation, I have no idea what you do because they're talking about running that back. I don't know how you run that train wreck back. Uh, I'm by, sure you would love that. Uh, be my <laughs> guest. I'm I'm Beauty and the Beast over here. The fucking uh, the silverware singing, be our guest. Be our, the fucking dressers screaming, be our guest. They can just keep running that over and over and over. I'm in a Disney movie if they want to. So talking about biggest disappointments, and now we're going to flip into which teams have the bleakest future. And we're going to boil this down really to uh, – Teams that are without a head coach and maybe not a lot of cap space so here are my contenders i'll throw them out zell leo we'll we'll start with zell we'll go to leo here are your contenders and then you tell me which one you think has the bleakest outcome and why your options are the jaguars jaguars trevor lawrence new coach Uh, you know you got to deal with the ownership there but they've got 61 million dollars in cap and trevor lawrence the minnesota vikings are actually 11 million under the cap uh With Kirk Cousins at the helm, there. The Chicago Bears, 42 million in cap space. Denver Broncos, 48 million in cap space. Miami Dolphins have 74 million in cap space. And the New York Giants, who have, I believe it's minus 10 million in cap space, with Daniel (laughs) Jones at the helm. So those are your lists. Out of that, Zell, what are the top two bleakest teams? Number one is definitely the Giants. And (laughs) it's,
2: it's bad over there. Like their situation honestly reminds me of the Jets a few years back, like after Mike McCagna made all those shitty moves and then he got fired as GM, it's like Dave Gettleman, you know, quotations retired. um, And he spent all their money last off season. So now this new GM that's going to come in kind of how like Joe Douglas came in with the Jets is going to have to somehow clean up all this mess the good thing is they have two top 10 picks also but their cap situation is ugly and they have to make this decision this offseason whether they're going to extend daniel jones um or get a new qb which honestly this qb class from what everybody's saying isn't the greatest um compared to the past couple classes and i don't See them really being an option for like a potential like a Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers um, or Deshaun Watson. So I think they're easily the worst situation. After that, um, I would say possibly the Bears. Um, and that's really, I like Justin Fields a lot. But other than that, I mean, I don't know, they don't have much other than him. Him and Montgomery, cool, you want to say that. Are you going to tag Allen Robinson again? I don't think he wants to be there after the season he just had. And y'all just had him on the franchise tag. Um, Their defense isn't as dominant as it used to be a couple years back. And their first-round pick that they had, the Giants have. So I would say that they're next. Um, The Jaguars, you have Trevor Lawrence. um, He's shown flashes throughout this year. That last game, you saw it. Um, the Vikings, they still have some pieces there. And the Dolphins, I think they do too. So I would say the top two worst would be the Giants and the Bears to me.
0: Leo?
1: Mm, I'm going to push back a little bit before I give mine on the Bears. You don't think the Bears have some potential over there? I mean, they got Justin Fields. Uh, Darnell Mooney looks like he's ascending. I like both their running backs and David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. I think that the defenses are, like you say, it's not – like it was at its prime, but I think it has some pieces. I think the the Bears are a good coaching, uh, a good coaching decision, and a good draft away from being at least a wild card contender.
2: I, I can see that too, but just out of those teams there, I like them better. Like I think the Broncos are just a quarterback away. Like they have yeah, all the pieces yeah, on both sides. Yep. You know. So, um, and it's tough because I don't think they're going to be better than the Packers next year. You know, maybe better than the Vikings. Probably better than the Lions. But I like their pieces. I just think out of those teams we have to choose from right now, I think they probably okay. be the same. Yeah. Okay.
1: Same. So I'm going to go in a different direction. 100% agree on the Giants being in the worst uh, in the worst situation. 100% agree. I'm not going to add anything to that. That was the team that I was going to go with if you didn't say it. So I'm going to throw a little curveball. I think the Atlanta Falcons are in a terrible situation. Ooh, their okay. number one receiver wants out. They have no yes. running game. Their quarterback is about 38 years old and getting paid about $40 million. They don't really have a defense. They had 18 total sacks this year. Just for perspective, TJ Watt had more than them by himself. 22 uh, and a half. And I just don't think that Atlanta has anything that's really going for them. A.J. Terrell, the cornerback on defense, is the only bright spot that I can see on the whole roster. Cordero Patterson looks good, but like, can you build around Cordero Patterson, or is he just a complimentary piece? I think Atlanta's in some trouble, and, and they're not bad enough to get the top five pick, and they're not good enough to make the playoffs. So getting stuck in no man's land with not a lot of talent, I think it's, it's a sneaky terrible situation over there
0: can't argue with that can't at all. argue with that either yeah, yeah and they, I think is, they said
2: they're going to bring Matt Ryan back next year too. yeah like Arthur Smith wants him back
0: for sure I I would say that they yeah we'll see what direction they go in they're obviously going to give Arthur Smith more time and there were times where Atlanta looked okay but you are right they are void of talent they don't really have a direction they're kind of putzing around where they're going to get draft uh, where they're drafting um because they do win Sun Games, so that is a really good call. Atlanta might be in the bleakest situation. Uh, for me, I'm really turning to Miami at this point. Ooh. Yeah, you got $74 million. You get rid of Flores, which... Yeah, that, uh, I, did, yeah he, I didn't agree with that he, at all. Here's some stats about the owner, Ross. Ross took over the team in 2009. Since since that point in time, 14 seasons under Ross. In that time span, only three times have the Miami Dolphins won nine or more games. Three out of those 14 years. Now, two of those were Brian Flores. You just got rid of him. Tua is not a good quarterback. In fact, I love one of the leaked news that came out where Tua told Flores to get off his back and Flores told Tua to play quarterback Fucking better, so uh, I look at the obviously the locker room didn't turn on Flores. They were one and seven, and he rattled off seven wins in a row, right? Or was it eight? I think eight. And he beats the Patriots twice. By the way, he he three years in Miami, he's four and two against Bill Belichick. Mm. So. This is a guy who had turned your franchise around completely into a perennial wildcard contender two years in a row, fell short this year just literally barely one game, and you fire him because, and I believe that he fired him because Flores went around a building full of people that are losers. Losers. Everywhere in Miami is full of fucking losers because that's all they've done under Ross. And Flores is ruffling feathers with all these losers because he doesn't want to be one anymore. So they band together and they tell Ross that this big, mean bully is really just not the direction Miami wants to go in because Flores holds people accountable. See, that's the trick to being good is you have to be accountable for your work. But they don't want to be accountable. They just want to be good little yes-men. Their assholes are about seven inches wide. They can fit a hand up there perfectly <laughs> and cleanly. And, and they just Yo. want to be held up to the elbow and someone use their mouth for them. So they don't like Flores, and Tua doesn't like Flores. Well, go fuck yourself, Tua, and go fuck yourself, everyone else. Flores is going to go somewhere else and turn that team into another playoff contender immediately. I think it's tough to go into Miami. It's going to be tough to change that culture again. Uh, because the team is kinda I think most of the defense is gonna be furious with this. I don't think two is a very good quarterback. Yes, you've got seventy-four million, and you do have picks, but what's gonna probably end up happening is they're gonna hire Bill O'Brien, they're gonna trade for Deshaun Watson, and they'll be ending up in the same boat that Watson and Bill O'Brien found themselves before they both split ways, which is a nice four and twelve season with not much going on in a division that just pummels you and looks at you like younger brother. That's what I think they're going to end up as. I don't think they're going to be able to put a winning together for a while without Flores. I could be wrong. To me, that's one of the bleakest positions because I I don't think the owner wants to win. I think the owner is dead set on losing, and anybody who comes in there and wants to win, that's going to be real tough for him to understand. And then I'm with Zell, the New York football Giants. What is that? I mean, they spent, Kettleman spent all their money. You know, he went to the grocery store, he came back, and you're like, what'd you get? And he goes, I bought bottled water. I bought $20 million of bottled water. And you're like, we have a Brita. I don't need <laughs> bottled water. And he's like, too bad. I threw the receipt out. I, we have 20, I mean, Kenny Galladay cost him, I think, uh, 20 million. Did, did you hear his name this year? No. He didn't
2: score a touchdown this year.
0: He didn't do anything. I'll tell you what he did. He sat at home. (laughs) <laughs> letting having a chips. great time with his money. Yeah, <laughs> Collecting that money. So I think the Giants are number one for me. Miami's number two. I think Miami's problem is going to be you're going to look at it on paper and you're going to go, man, two a $74 million, this is going to be great. But you're never going to make the right decisions because everyone around you in that building is not going to want to work. So it's just going to be another black hole of a place.
1: We gave the Jaguars a lot of shit for not being able to score points on the season a couple weeks ago. And now that I'm looking at the numbers, the Giants ended up with – Five, count them five more points than the Jacksonville Jaguars, who were a literal train wreck all season. Yeah, it was bad
2: over there. It was bad. It and was bad. on the Dolphins, man, I did not respect the decision they made with Flores, but I appreciate them though. If they want to go back yeah. to being dumpster fire <laughs> yeah, and not court. have a coach who holds them accountable and brought a culture there, that's cool with
0: me. Go ahead, but go yeah, back to being trash. Yeah.
1: Hiring Bill O'Brien and would just be hilarious. Hilarious. They need to bring
0: back Gase, matter of fact. Uh, yeah Gase offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien head coach let's do it let's yeah they're just so bad I don't get it I don't get it I mean I know it I understand it I just don't get it all right let's do more bad news talk because it's it's real easy there were if I'm counting correct five trades for quarterbacks this year that were consequential um the we are not going to count the, Zell pointed out in our pre-talks that Teddy was traded, but when Teddy was traded, I don't think we looked at Denver and said, well, that's it. That's a good missing piece. Not even good missing piece, but what they gave up for, it wasn't really anything of consequence. There there, was no, there wasn't no. was a whole lot, but there were five quarterback trades, which seems like a lot. And out of all these quarterback trades, I don't don't know if any of them were consequential outside of the Stafford. So let's take a look at them in hindsight now. The New York football Jets, Zell, traded Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers for a third, a sixth, what is it? No, a second, second a fourth, yeah. and a sixth. Mm-hmm. You're loving that. Oh, I as, am. <laughs> as the Panthers finish... In the top 10. So you're going to get incredible draft picks from them in Seattle. Let's take a review here. What would you grade this trade now? And and I won't do an A to E scale because A to E scale, it's an E. So we got to – just this is how bad this trade is. We have to expand <laughs> this trade numerically to really capture it. One being this, put them in Super Bowl contention. Ten, oh, no, I'll do it the other way. Ten being Super Bowl contention. One, meaning that this team set itself back by making this trade. Where do you have them? <laughs> Can we do negatives? Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. This I, is a sliding scale.
2: I mean, for the Panthers, I just think – I see why you wanted to take a chance on him because he's young. You were bringing in a new offensive coordinator. Um, who had some pretty good success, but that was with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and CEH and those boys. But Darnold hasn't changed what his main flaw was coming out of USC. He has happy feet and he turns the ball over and his accuracy past 20 yards isn't the greatest. So unless he changes that, he's going to be the same quarterback and he's going to become a backup soon. So I know he was injured for like almost – this the whole second half of this season. Um he came back later on for those last couple of games, but even before that, he didn't look that great. He started off the year, I think it was those first like what, four games, five games. He was leading the league in rushing touchdowns, looked all innovative and everybody was going crazy. And then he came back crashing down to earth. I think they dropped the ball with the trade. Um looking back at it now i'm sure <laughs> they wouldn't have wanted to give the jets a second and a fourth round pick for that especially with the way they finished the year because we now the jets have i think it's a second overall pick in the second round which is going to be val- very valuable pick so um i'm sure they're regretting it right now and i'm sure this off season they're going to be on the market to try to probably get Deshaun um to come back home to the carolinas or try to get any other qb they can because Darnold in it he's not he's really not so
0: All right, Leo, I'll throw the next one over to you. We've graded that trade is unbelievably poor and almost tough to rank. The next trade is unequivocally worse. The Philadelphia Eagles traded (laughs) Carson Wentz for a first-round pick because Carson started enough snaps. He moved for a first-round pick and more. Where do you rank this on the scale? Now, let's hear the stats. They won two less games than with a just over-the-hill Phillip Rivers. Where do you put this trade? This is a division rival of yours. They're close to them. They had uh, about six weeks ago people thought they were Super Bowl favorites, which was real stupid. Now where do you put a missing the playoffs first-rounder for Wentz?
1: That's a disaster. It's a disaster. I wouldn't want to honestly if I'm the Colts, and I hope that they don't do this, but I would already be looking for the quarterback replacement personally. I mean, when you look at the stats, I feel like the stats with Carson Wentz tells a different story than the eye test. When you look at the stats, you go, okay, Carson Wentz, he's he's about a league average starter. You you know you could get some things done with him, but when you actually watch the Colts play and you watch the kind of mistakes that he makes over and over again, I I don't know how much you guys have watched the Colts this season, but I pay attention to them. Oh, yeah. Obviously, because they're in the division. How many times did Carson Wentz either either turn the ball over or almost turn the ball over, trying to do that little flip pass that he does when he's in <laughs> trouble? Shovel, you guys yeah. know which one I'm talking about—the shovel oh, yeah. forward. Oh yeah, he yes, just the turnover. He just refuses to stop doing that pass, and I, as a Titans fan, I love it. Keep doing it, but I'm just I'm not understanding because I've seen from my couch. I've seen him turn the ball over or almost turn the ball over on that play at least like 10 times this year. And I just don't so, understand. I, I've never understood what everyone was so excited about with Carson Wentz. Uh, and I still don't. So if I'm going to grade the the trade on a scale of one to 10, zero has got to be a zero because you got nine wins. You got embarrassed by the Jaguars and a lot of it was kind of... In a of, must win. In a, in a must mu- win. Yeah,
2: in a must win. <laughs> the worst team in the got league. got
1: blown out. The number one pick blew you out. In a must win yeah. for the playoffs.
0: A division I at that, And too. a lot
1: of it was on him, too. So, I mean...
0: Yeah. Uh, all of it. Yeah. It no. really... It's tough to rally around a quarterback you know is an idiot. And the truth <laughs> is Carson Wentz is an idiot. No one else does what he does every week religiously the way he does let's pour one out real quick for Doug Peterson who tried to separate himself from Carson Wentz last year but it caused such a fucking disaster that they ran Doug Peterson out of town and who was using Jalen Hurts exactly how he was used this year by the way and now we we run him out of town they trade Wentz Wentz turns out to be the only reason the Colts don't make the playoffs there's no other reason if Phillip Rivers is
1: there this season they're in the playoffs 100%. 100%. Facts. They're,
0: they're fighting for the division with Phillip Rivers. They are out of the playoffs with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is a guy that when the chips are on the table, and if he's ever your partner in a high-stakes poker game, he can't tell the difference between a bad hand and the winning hand. And that's terrifying because he goes into games and you go, okay. He acts like you said. He does that flip pass. He has watched that flip pass get completed maybe two or three times. He has watched that ball go the other way for a touchdown probably three times that amount. He's watched it get picked off five to seven times that amount. But yet, because he's completed it and most likely completed it for two yards, he is in love with it. He doesn't care about the results. He's going to do what Carson Wentz wants to do. I don't know how he preps. I can tell you how he plays. When he gets on that field, if it's a high-leverage situation, you can count on him to let you down. You can count on it. Is it a big game? Check the box. Carson Wentz won't have a good game. That's just where it is. As the season gets tighter and tighter and tighter, he fell apart. This trade is in a – this makes the Sam Darnold trade look forgivable. Forgivable. A first and a third. I think it's absolutely disgusting. And they have people like Pittman. I mean, look at the weapons. Great offensive line. Jonathan Taylor, Pittman, you have weapons. You definitely have something
1: to work with, and and it just didn't work. I mean, I think it sums it up when we say that the corpse of Phillip Rivers would have had this team in a better position than Carson Wentz. I, I think that pretty much sums up how we feel about it.
0: Okay, so there's two trades down. We talk a little about the Teddy. That, that makes three. Now we have two somewhat unknowns. But still probably busts. Here's the first. Zell, the 49ers, moved up in the draft for a quarterback named Trey Lance. They trade that year's first, so it's really Trey Lance for two firsts. Turns out to be three. What? They make the playoffs with Jimmy G, by the way. So, when you look at this trade, 10 to 1, same scale. I think this one's actually going to make it on the scale and not off to the side. And you're like, what happened over here? Where do you put this? They make the playoffs with Jimmy G. So, Jimmy G now, I guess, has more trade value. I, I really think he has the same trade value, always has. But Trey Lance couldn't beat him out this year. Clock's ticking. Clock's ticking. They have no first-round pick next year or the year after. You have Trey Lance. He's down a year. Where do you put this trade?
2: Real quick on the Colts, I just wanted to say fuck them for making me look like an idiot last time we were on this pod <laughs> and I thought they were going to make a little bit of noise riding JT in the playoffs. Fuck them. Um, but on to uh, Trey Lance. Honestly, I like I like Trey Lance. I think he has some potential. I think he's got a bright future. I just think Lynch and Shanahan fumbled and fucked up by how much they gave up for him. Um, He's not looking like he was ready to play this year, even in the times that he played. He showed some flashes. You made the playoffs basically without him. Um, You gave up too much for him as of this point right now. um, Yep. You didn't need him. (laughs) You really didn't you could have kept your first rounders rock with Jimmy G and he's shown that if he can stay healthy, because I think that was the biggest thing with Jimmy G um, he couldn't stay on the field. You know, they made it to a super bowl with him. And I think as of right now, they definitely fucked up with how much they gave up for Trey Lance for a quarterback again, who only had one full year of starting. And he wasn't even at the highest level of college football at that, you know, um, you give up that much for somebody, you know, who's probably not even going to be the full-time starter next season. Eh. Yeah. I I think they miss with that one as of right now.
1: All right. I'm going to zag yeah. from both of you. I think that the trade was worth it. Uh, and not for the reason that you think Jimmy G uh, Jimmy G's health is always been in question, right? Uh, I mean, we're talking about the guy, uh, this guy misses a couple games almost every year with some kind of injury. And, the the forty niners just barely made the playoffs. They were in a win and in situation this year and Trey lance did deliver one w that they needed to make that playoff run uh you know that was it week seventeen it, it was it was the Texas week before game. this one right yeah, I believe so. He mm-hmm. got them a win that they needed in order to make the playoffs. He's still going to be the future of the franchise, hopefully, if he develops. Jimmy G's just more ready right now, and this roster is ready to win right now. They're not. They're not the roster mm-hmm. that's that's going to, you know, let the young guy take his lumps and fuck it. Next year we'll be back. No, they're ready to make a little bit of noise right now. I didn't think they would be, but they are. So Trey Lance contributed to this playoff run by getting them a W if they would have lost that game if they would have had a shitty backup if if fucking uh Mullins would have played and they would have lost then they wouldn't be in the playoffs right now so did they give up a lot to get him yes was it worth it I think so because he helped you get to the playoffs and he's still the future of the franchise okay Fair. I
0: think that's a, I think that's a great way of looking at it. I think this is mainly you're gonna need another year. If you go through another year and he still can't beat out Jimmy G, you can't find anyone to trade for him and he ends up in that spot, uh then you're gonna be looking at this being uh, a catastrophic move. agree But you are right. He can he contributed to wins unlike what Jordan Love did for Green Bay when they needed him in a big spot. Um couldn't get it done. And that is a first round pick that failed miserably. My only thing is there were quarterbacks that you could have taken in that spot that probably contribute this year and put you in a better position long-term. We're going to see. Third pick, you know, it's tough for me to say that he's, you know, a better slot than Mac Jones is right now. And, hell, my boy, Davis Mills, he was putting Ooh. dimes on you guys this weekend. Boy, <laughs> Davis Mills had that me sweating, was... boy. He had me sweating. <laughs> oh, Down to the God. wire.
1: Oh, I'm watching he was him just dimes drop. all over the field.
0: I'm everywhere. Everywhere. That guy can throw. So when I look at that, I, I, I'm a little hesitant on the Trey Lance. I'll give it more time, but you're right. We need to see where it's going. And that brings us to the last trade. Matthew Stafford traded Jared Goff. To the Rams. Now, I want to preface this by saying I think this pick so far hasn't been great for the Rams. Um, I think that you, while you gave up two first round picks, a third round pick, and then you obviously move off golf, which is great, probably worth the third alone. I don't know if Matthew Stafford is going to be the guy for you come playoffs. And, and I want to preface this by saying Jared Goff, for everything he's limited to, Jared Goff in in been to a Super Bowl. Okay. And last year won a playoff game. So if you don't win a playoff game this year with Matthew Stafford, the trade is instantly in the negative. Now I know the competition's better and there are other factors in there. And you can look at me and go, Matt, but Matt Stafford was second in, you know, passing this year. He was number one in turn number one in interceptions, which is a big problem. But for me, from where i'm standing i have this game as a bust zell how do you sit on it
2: i'm in 100% agreeance with you the way this trade was hyped after it went down and how much of an upgrade stafford was portrayed to be over golf and that he would take them over the top they made it to the super bowl with golf and golf was a reason that they lost that super bowl because he missed throws he couldn't produce things like that and the McVay offense and Stafford's arm talent just was a perfect pairing. All that we heard. Even with Woods going down, Acres going down, you saw that offense for the most part. They still have, you know, plenty of weapons. And the addition of Odell, you know, just kind of slots right in there. So they need to at least win this first playoff game against the Cardinals. If they don't, and they're pretty much in the same spot as last season, that that, that won't be a good look for them. I think this is a must win. For McVeigh and Stafford, or else they're they're just going to get slayed, as they rightfully should. So, this is a must-win for them. They need to take care of business against the Cardinals. They, they they to me they really don't have any excuses, you know. So, yeah, I agree with you.
1: I think that they and then, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that I think that the whole reason that they made the trade was to get from being a playoff team to being a championship team. So I don't think right. – this is one that I don't think that we can grade until we see what they do in the playoffs. Uh, you know, Stafford gets them over the hump and they win the Super Bowl, then obviously it was worth it. But we're, we just got to the part of the season, which is the reason why they acquired him. So I think this one gets an incomplete grade for me.
0: Okay. Here's the uh, other little thing. If – the Arizona Cardinals had beaten Seattle, they would have been the winners of that division. And that's how close they were. So um, I'm really interested to see how this plays out. We are going to get some pretty good matchups. And let's go ahead and flip right into it. Wild card weekend, baby. And the NFL has absolutely loaded us up with goodies. We get Saturday games, we get Sunday games. And we get a Monday night football game. I can't believe we get a Monday night football game. Monday the night NFL. playoffs is fucking
1: sexual. That's uh, oh, is so sick. <laughs> That's it fire. is so
0: sick. People talking about hey, – here's, here's a line I draw. I am pro-worker, okay? I'm pro-people, you know, getting more rights at their work. I'm pro-player when it comes against the billionaire. Here's where I draw the line. When it's player versus what I want, (laughs) I want a Monday night football game all the time. I know it's short rest for the players. I know it's a disadvantage, but I don't give a fuck. I want it every year. There better be a Monday night playoff game. How awesome is this Monday night game? And we'll start there and work in the other direction. This is the teams we were just talking about. And we're going to get a rematch here with the Cardinals and the Rams on Monday night football. The, the spread of that game is Rams minus four over fifteen and a half. and a half kickoffs at 815. Leo, start us out. Who's winning that fucking game?
1: Correct me if I'm wrong, but DeAndre Hopkins is gonna be out for this game, right? He's not gonna be back unless they make yeah, like the correct. NFC championship.
0: Correct. correct. I think he's out regardless, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna roll with the Rams then. Uh you know, DeAndre Hopkins is their nuke, pun intended. You know, he, he's yep. he's what makes that offense go boom. Kyler Murray, when he gets in trouble, he just throws that bitch up, and he knows that D-Hop, there's a 70% chance D-Hop's going to come down with it. So no D-Hop, you're going to have Jalen Ramsey guarding A.J. Green, so you can't expect anything from A.J. Green. I I like the Rams. I don't know if this is going to be the high-scoring affair that we all kind of expect and want it to be, but I think that the Rams are going to come on top because I just don't like the Cardinals as much without their best receiver.
0: Zell?
2: Yeah, I'm going to 100% concur with what Leo said. Um, I think the Rams are, as I just mentioned, too, they realize it's a must-win for them. The moves they made, Von Miller, Odell, um, they, they've got the stars, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, Stafford needs to show up. He's in the playoffs now, so a lot of the excuse before was, uh, Stafford's barely made it to the playoffs, this and that. It's his time to shine and show that, you know, he's paired with the perfect coach. So I'm going to take the Rams in this one. Um... It should be a close game, but I, I I think the Rams will pull it out.
0: I am going to take the Cardinals and the points. I think the Rams will win it. Uh, I'm going to jump on everyone else's bandwagon there, so we are all going Rams. I think the Cardinals plus the points is where I'm going to go, uh, but I like the Rams. Maybe I'll change my mind by the start, but right now I like what the Rams are doing. Working in reverse order again. Uh, Kansas City-Pittsburgh is the Sunday night game. Weird that that's the Sunday night game. Pittsburgh is getting 12.5 against Kansas City. Zell, where do you sit on this one?
2: I don't think it's going to be as much of a blowout as it was because uh, didn't they play like a couple weeks ago and it was just a shellacking <laughs> like yep. the Chiefs just dominated them from jump playoffs different atmosphere different mindset and I feel like the Steelers are playing with house money they've really got nothing to lose they know it's Big Ben's last ride I still don't think he <laughs> really can throw you know that well I think his arms cooked his arms done but I think the team, just that vibe around them, and I I love Mike Tomlin as a head coach. They've got nothing to lose, you know. So I think the Chiefs still win, though, but I don't think it'll be as bad as a blowout as it was, you know, when they played a couple weeks ago and the Chiefs won by like 21. So um, Chiefs in this one, though, they should prevail.
0: Yep,
1: I think that they got the Sunday night game just as a, a tip of the cap to Ben. They know that that's going to be Ben's (laughs) last game. They say, look, Mahomes is going to bust you all the way down, so let's at least (laughs) let America watch you one more time before you fade off into the sunset. That's where I'm at with it. I mean, I I almost like the 12-and-a-half for Kansas City. I think that they're going to hang 40 on Pittsburgh, and I don't think that it's going to be close past halftime. I think you're going to be able to get a good night's rest for Monday uh, because you won't have to stay up late watching this one.
0: I'm in the same boat as Leo. Uh, just three weeks ago, they played, and they got schlacked 36-10. to 10. They're going to go back, and I, I got news. They got clapped up. I watched every second of that game with the Ravens. I watch. I don't re-watch anything after week 18. Um, but Ben was about as bad as you can be. There was only one other quarterback that played a worse game, and that was Tyler Huntley. Um, that guy is – I mean that was just one of the ugliest games I've ever seen a quarterback play. They, he was so. Wait, fucking
1: can, bad. can I derail you real quick? Because I know that this is gonna put yep. you on a classic rant, and I want to hear it. There was a there was a little bit of rumblings talking about is Huntley better than Lamar? And after that oh, week yeah. eighteen, after that week eighteen matchup, what do you have to say to all the people who even put that in in question? Who who even put that into the universe? Let's
0: hear it. So everyone should know this. If you put things on Twitter like that, I just block you. I just I, – there is no – so any account that sent that out got blocked. All of them. Say so y'all not any, worthy. <laughs> you Get off you, my timeline. You liked, you liked it, I blocked you. You retweeted it, you got blocked. I, I block damn near anytime time I see anything like that because that's just foolish shit. That's just like crazy foolish shit. Like you're doing that for clicks and you're just worthless. I mean, you don't even watch the games. It's funny because I was at the Chicago game that Tyler Huntley started. My tweet about him after the first series was, I've seen a fucking (laughs) nuff. I had tweeted that out on the first series, and it didn't change. Tyler Huntley, if the Ravens could, they'd trade him. He is a fine man. He says the right things. The guy can't make a read to save his life. The guy really can't throw either. It was just bad. Like, on the interception in the end zone where he forced the ball to Mark Andrews, who had four people on him. I mean, four people draped all over him. Bateman is running completely wide open. And we're not talking about, like, a 20-yard play. We are five yards from the end zone. Bateman is on the left side of the screen with no one near him, and Huntley is staring down Mark Andrews with four Pittsburgh Steelers on him. He also bulleted it, and he should have bulleted that ball into Mark, but he floats it and it gets picked. Earlier in the game, there was a pass to Hollywood Brown, who, Bollywood Brown, who cannot catch a ball if it matters to save his life. <laughs> And Huntley, from two yards away, rifled the ball as hard as he could in the rain, which went through Hollywood's hands. If he soft tosses that one, it's a touchdown. If he rifles in the one to Andrews, it's a touchdown. The guy just, whenever you're, the light goes green and Huntley slams on the brakes. And you're like, what the shit was that? The guy can't figure out right and left, left and right, right. I know we didn't have a whole lot of time, but every single game the Ravens were in and Huntley was the one of the main reasons they ended up losing. So it is what it is. If you tweeted that out, that a unanimous MVP should be compared to a free agent off the street who no one really gave a shit about, uh, you know, that's on you. <laughs> like, congrats. You got it. You know, people got to eat. And if you got to, you know, bust lies to people out there, through racist scumbags that don't follow the sport, but just like clicking on shit. Go for it. I'm just not going to see you ever again because you're blocked. So that's the way I handle that. I handle all that shit that way, though. If you put out, like, a top ten list of, like, quarterbacks and, like, you're like, Baker Mayfield, number four, you're being blocked. Like, I got no time for you. You're not offering anything to me. But, you know, pass it back to you on that.
1: Oh, no, no. I, I got nothing to say. I thought it was funny. Uh, you know, I love Lamar. Yeah, Lamar's I, one of my favorite players. Yeah. So when I see people saying that <laughs> Tyler Huntley yeah. should be the starter We're in Baltimore, the playoffs I'm like, Lamar. what the fuck? Tyler Huntley has the similar
2: traits as Lamar Jackson. They can do Who the, the, the same fuck is Tyler Huntley? He's, Come on, bro. He's black.
0: <laughs> That's it. Come on. It's crazy. Bruh. That's it. That's the part I don't get. It's just more senseless racism. Christ. If it was a white backup and he did well, they would have been on a whole nother thing. This guy does things Lamar Jackson can't. But he's not. So they go, oh, he does the same things Lamar Jackson does. He fucking doesn't you don't fucking watch the games Anonymous you don't MVP. fucking watch them <laughs> uh, or or crazy. tyler huntley with one career win it's fucking he had tyler huntley has almost more losses in five games than lamar had in two years so what are we doing here move that along um yeah i've got kansas city beaten up on pittsburgh next game on this list 49ers Dallas this is actually an old school old school rivalry that Kyle Shanahan called it out that kids these days his the people that he's teaching don't remember the 49ers in Dallas which makes sense because they really haven't been rivals since Shit, the 90s <laughs> right 30 years ago i only know cuz i re you know i listen to a lot of audiobooks on on football and i've i've gone through the histories of Walsh and um, now I'm blanking on old uh, oh, the old man in Dallas. God darn it! Oh uh, fuck! Who was the old fucking coach? Now I have to Google it. and I'll get sidetracked. I, I remember just remember the like middle.
2: Aikman and Irvin and uh, Emmitt and yeah, hearing about them and Steve Young. And,
0: but the coach, bef- that's their coach. Um, God darn it! Dallas Cowboys coach. And I swear to fuck if Mike it wasn't Jimmy Johnson, first. was it? God damn it no it was um the guy before jimmy uh it was when and during their heyday uh when they were called america's team oh darn it i clicked on mike mccarthy's fucking wiki that's not what i wanted that is just a little tom landry <laughs> jesus man 1960 to 1988 jimmy johnson took over after that um but yeah 1989 yep but tom landry uh who who Tom Landry against the 49ers a lot of rivalries and then even into Jimmy Johnson there but 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 I digress the Dallas Cowboys are minus three at home against the 49ers over under 49 and a half. I'll start with my thoughts I got the 49ers winning this game and I love the over I'm banging both 49ers to win I'll take the points if you're going to give them to me I don't like anything Dallas does I definitely don't like Mike McCarthy in a playoff game Zell what are your thoughts isn't it wild to you guys that the Cowboys have all of these weapons? They know how to draft, like
1: yeah, Dak, oh yeah,
2: Zeke, CD Cooper. I mean, Gallup's out now, but even Cedric Wilson, you know, stepped into that number three role and played well. And yeah,
1: Micah and Diggs came in this year,
2: right? Exactly. So, but just something about I would like to pick him, but just something about the way the 49ers can just run on anyone and win in the trenches. I I, I like that right now. Um, Shanahan knows how to get the best out of Debo and utilizing him all over the field. And I think Elijah Mitchell is pretty nice. So I'm actually going to go with the 49ers too. Um, I think it's going to be it'll probably be a close game, but I I just like the grit and the grind the 49ers are playing with right now. So I'm actually going to go with them too.
0: Leo?
1: I think that you guys are both smoking crack. I think that, <laughs> <laughs> I think that the Cowboys are going to win this one. Maybe not easily, uh, but I don't think it's going to come down to a final drive. I, I like I like Dallas. I actually think that there's a outside chance that Dallas might be able to make it to the NFC Championship, maybe a Super Bowl if things break right for them. Their offense just has the potential to – I mean, they've put up 50 twice in the last three weeks. I mean, I know that they didn't – play the the best competition in the world but the offense has potential to go crazy at any given moment and i don't yeah. right if they get over 30 points uh, i'm not sure that jimmy g is going to be out there matching them uh, i don't know if they got the same kind of firepower it's in dallas they're going to be going crazy in that stadium no i like the cowboys 100 i like the cowboys
0: i i think that when you look at the room. Part of my problem is if you look at these rosters, you really got to like what Dallas can put together. But when you look at the head coach, you really have to like Mike Shanahan and uh, Kyle Shanahan, Jesus. Um, and you, I really think that's going to be the big difference here is the 49ers are going to play very, very physical. And I'm interested to see if Dallas will match that physicality. Uh, Dallas has been a team that – teetered on the edge multiple times of being really really good they beat up on their division something absolutely fierce and kind of lost to anyone who's anyone down the stretch Um, losses and, and they didn't have a tough schedule their end of their year schedule as we called out on this pod was kind of atrocious they went from a loss to kansas city and a loss against the raiders to beating New Orleans, beating Washington, the Giants, Washington losing to Arizona, beating Philly, who Philly sat everybody, and now they're going to go up against the 49ers. I just don't know if Mike can get a team ready for a playoff game. Uh, He underachieved for most of his career with Aaron Rodgers. We're going to see how they do against a 49ers team that's coming in hot. Uh, Something uh, to, to keep an eye on with Diggs. While Diggs has, what was it, 11 interceptions? He also yeah, gave up the most like yards that. in
1: the league, right?
0: Mm-hmm. He gave up over a thousand one hundred yards.
2: Debo looking at and him, him like corner. food.
0: I think Kyle Shanahan's going to eat. <laughs> I think that he's going to eat. I think they're going to out X's and O's him, and it's going to be one of those games where Dallas loses thirty to twenty seven, and everyone's like, "How did that happen?" And you're like, "Oh, right, Mike McCarthy." how do we keep forgetting he's there uh so that's where I've got it sliding on through the first game uh I don't know if this is revenge for Tom Brady uh but it's definitely a wrinkle on the saga between the Eagles and him Tampa Bay is only minus what is it minus nine against the Eagles um I don't really know how the Eagles are supposed to match up in this. The Eagles like to run the ball. That's what they do best. Tampa Bay stops the run almost better than anyone. Uh, Where do you got this sitting, Leah?
1: Man, stop playing with me. Tom is going to win this in a runaway. (laughs) If if Tom loses this game, I'll eat my sock. I'll put it on my frying pan. I'll season it up, and I'll eat it with a fork and a knife. Ain't no way Tom at home in the first round of the playoffs is going to lose to Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. No way.
0: I'm on the same boat. Zell? I hope the Eagles make
2: it interesting, but I don't think they're going to win. Like, yeah. <laughs> he pretty much just said, like, I'm not betting against Tom Brady ever, especially in a first-round matchup at home. So, yeah, no. Nah.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, let's flip into the Saturday games, which, again, I love the Saturday games. The 4 o'clock game is, like, a perfect uh, perfect game to you're hanging out at, like, um, I don't know, I go to, like, a bar. Uh, and and hang out there, you know, and you're watching the game, maybe playing some pool, and you look up, and you're like, oh, cool, this is like an interesting game. You check in and out on it. Uh, first one up on that docket, Saturday, 4.30, the Los, an- oh, Los Angeles Rams, the Las Vegas Raiders, sneaky in, are going against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are giving up six and a half here. I think Max Crosby might sack Joe Burrow five times by himself. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. 49s the over under. Zell cincy or the Raiders.
2: I actually love this matchup and low key this might be my most intriguing game to watch of the weekend. Um I've been riding the Bengals all year. They've been holding me down. I'm going to stick with the Bengals. Um Like you said, Crosby might get in the backfield, might have eight knockdowns himself, maybe five sacks, but Burrow's a tough son of a bitch. And I think that regardless how many times he gets knocked down, he's probably going to throw about four or five touchdowns. He's been elite to finish the season. So um, I think this Raiders team, they'll put up a fight. They're very scrappy, but I like the Bengals to hold it down and get the W.
1: Hmm. I don't actually know who I like to pick this or who I like to win this. What I do want to say before I pick a winner is that watching Max Crosby on on Sunday night against the Chargers, he was like a one man wrecking crew. Like it, it got to a point where I'm sitting yeah. here wondering, like, is Max Crosby one of the best edge rushers in the NFL right now?
2: Like he's been dominant this season. Yeah. Yes. Oh my
1: God, bro! He wrecked the right side of their offensive line. That shit didn't even make sense. Um, I'm gonna go with the Bengals. But I'm not super confident. Uh, I, I I just think that Joe Burrow and that offense, if this is going to turn into a shootout, then I like Burrow and his weapons better than I like Carr and his weapons. Uh, what I do want to know, I'm looking at the injury report right now, and T. Higgins is listed as questionable. Uh, so uh, that is going to play a factor. I mean, I think if they have T. Higgins, they got Jamar Chase, they got Joe Mixon, everyone's good on that offense, then I think the Bengals win. But... Missing T. Higgins, I think that throws a little curveball in it because I think that they need both Higgins and Jamar to really get going. do sleep on Tyler Boyd, though.
0: No, they've got weapons all across the board there in Cincinnati, and they're going to take advantage of a Raiders team that really is soft on the back end. Um, I, I, the only reason I'm in for the Raiders here, I think these two both have, like, 25- or 30-year playoff win droughts. So this is going to break one of them anyway, and why not? Let's go Raiders. I've got the Raiders to win. They're going to go into Cincinnati. They're going to destroy Joe Burrow. They're going to break that team's will. Then they're going to turn around and get thumper-dumpered by the Titans the following week.
1: I would love that. (laughs) As a Titans fan, I do hope that the Raiders win because I would much rather go against Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller than go against Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Joe Burrow.
0: If anyone wants to, anyone out there who's going to take my side with the Raiders, there is, go on YouTube, type in The Autumn Wind, narr- narrated by John Fasinda. And it is one of the Raiders, I would say it's not a fight song so much as it is a mantra. Um, and it's a good little minute and a half clip of a song about the Raiders. Uh, and it's put to some old-timey clips Um, If you want to get in the mood, I have watched that video since Monday five to seven times a day. I have a gambling thread. I put it in there every single day. I have been sharing it with everyone. I am in the Raiders' mindset. The Raiders will pull off another stunning upset and beat Cincinnati. And that takes us to our last game, a big-time rematch. The Patriots are going to go back to Buffalo where they got their false crown of the AFC champions to begin with, over under forty three and a half. Buffalo's giving up four and a half. Leo, Pat's Buffalo. Who are you taking?
1: Ooh, do we know the weather? Because the Buffalo Bills did not have any interest in playing in that snow in that first matchup, and that was in Zero Buffalo. Degrees. Zero degrees. Zero degrees. Do we got some snow? Is there some snow on the menu? Nope. No snow. It's just cold.
0: Precipitation, just right now. I well, I checked it yesterday. It was supposed to be just zero degrees. Let me take a look though, because I know a storm system's coming in here Sunday. So. I got it pulled up. The high oh, for the day
1: is ten degrees. The low is four. Uh, man, fuck you! Give me the Patriots, I'm, man! Give me the Patriots. The Patriots are gonna be ready going to play Patriots. in the cold. They practice in the cold. They're ready for the cold. The Bills look like. I don't know. When I saw the Bills playing the cold, they looked like they wanted no part to that weather. So I'm rolling with Bill Belichick. He's going to have them ready. He doesn't want to lose to the Bills in the playoffs. Uh, give me the Pats. Fuck it. 40 rushes.
0: Zell? 40 rushes. Now, I will say one of the reasons that they didn't – that Buffalo got beat up when the Patriots went there was it wasn't just the cold. Um, it was pouring rain And it was swirling 40-mile-an-hour wind gusts. So, a little different than Just Cold. They played in Just Cold two weeks ago in New England, and they took New England to the woodshed. Zell, what are your thoughts? Fought the Patriots. They're not winning. Simple as that. I'm on the same boat. (laughs) I'm on the same boat. (laughs) They're not winning. I'm in the same boat. I think the Bills are going to take it to them. I think Mac Jones is an absolute fraud. I'm coming out now. Mac Jones is sealing is three-fourths of what Alex Smith was that's his ceiling three-fourths of Alex Smith the guy can't throw a deep ball he's got no power on his arm and that don't get better with age so you know here's the stuff when they played just a couple weeks ago week 16 they played in New England the Bills won 33-21 Damian Harris ran 18 times for a buck 03 and three touchdowns and they lost by 12 points mac jones was 14 for 32 for 145 and zero and zero touchdowns and two picks i think that this is a josh allen through and through game josh allen will run the ball well he'll throw the ball well as long as there's no wind i'm going to take the bills but i will be watching that i will be taking a look at that as we get closer so that wraps it up for that let me take a look now go through Leo, you've got the Rams, Dallas, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, Cincy, and the Patriots. Zell, you have the Rams, 49ers, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, Cincy, Buffalo. I have the Rams, 49ers, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, Raiders, and Buffalo. Did I get any of that wrong? Nope. Sounds How right. All right. All right, gentlemen. I think we did it. I think we've covered all the way around the horn there. Um, anything parting before we go?
1: Uh. Um, I will say that if you put a gun to my head and told me that I had to pick the winner accurately, I would definitely go with Buffalo in that New England matchup. But there's no gun to my head, so I'm getting saucy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm getting saucy, and I'm going to say that Bill's going to pull something out and and, and figure it out. That's all I got to say.
0: uh, I got one parting thing for everyone for you take us out of here. The autumn wind is a pirate. Go Raiders! Take us on out of here.
1: All right, that's a wrap. Before I get out of here, you guys know I like to talk a little bit about NBA when I'm by myself here, and I get to close the episode out. So we got the return of Clay Thompson, man. If if you've been listening to this for the last year or two, man, you know how I feel about Clay Thompson. I love me some Clay. I actually found out recently Clay is a Titans fan. I, I love Clay even more now. Uh, Actually, as I'm editing this, I'm watching Warriors-Bucks right now. This is, in my opinion, a heavyweight matchup. The Bucks came out and punched them in the mouth, though. We're going to see right now. It's a 10-point game. We're going to see if the Warriors can get back into this thing. But, all right, let's get out of here so I can watch this game. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Pick and Play Show. For the boy Gordo, for the boy Zell, my name is Leo. Make sure that you rate, subscribe, review, share with a friend. Most importantly, we're out. We'll see you next week. My mind's staked for like the crime in the summertime. Higher than average, lot of cabbage. Thank God I never abide by the established
2: guidelines that keep niggas inside of fabrics. Commissioned by the state, I skate by the masters like yoo with a new-new ride and passenger. Shout out Oak Cliff, I'm about to fly to Dallas. Decade from now, I might just buy the Mavericks. What